Hello and welcome back to the penultimate lockdown edition of Keeping It Current. Next week will be our final lockdown episode, but fear not, there will be some very special episodes coming up on its way after that. This week we're talking all about the biggest easing of lockdown yet, and the horrific events in Reading at the weekend. Also, we have another instalment of Guess Who's Talking, and the final round of the Battle of the Wits with all to play for. Plus, Jacob Reed is back with some tip-top, top-notch political analysis. Apparently so. Thank you, thank you, Thomas. And I just want to say how excited I am because, of course, tomorrow is the big birthday um, for Catherine Ridley. And I, know, I, I hope she has a wonderful day. The weather looks like it's going to be scorching, so perfect weather to be in the, in the paddling pool. Thomas, you just showed me an inflatable tree that you've got. So, frankly, I, I you know, it's a, it's a shame that uh, the celebrations couldn't be bigger, but I hope um, that, that Catherine has a great day. Anyway, and it's not too late. If you have any presents to send to her, um, you know, send them, send them our way. If you want to um, transfer us a little bit of money so we can buy the presents, then that's very welcome. Very welcome well, as well. We J- only take J- a small J- Jacob will just take money for himself. Given that he doesn't get paid. listeners really believe that, Thomas? I'm not, I'm I, I, I don't know what they do believe. So, uh, let's get cracking then. First, we're going to talk about the latest easing of the lockdown. On Tuesday, the Prime Minister announced the biggest easing of lockdown yet. Pubs, restaurants, cinemas and hairdressers are among the main services to open. All are allowed to open from the 4th of July and the social distancing rule has been reduced to one metre to facilitate it. Jacob, are you looking forward to the return of these services? I've got to say, uh, looking at the hair, I think you're looking forward to the return of the hairdressers. Well, Thomas, I, I was quite liking my, my, my new hairdo. But yeah, it would be, be really nice to maybe... Um, go to the cinema. We were just chatting about about the various things that are on. Maybe sit down in a restaurant, go to a cafe, and and as well to be able to go into someone's living room, um, only one household at a time, keeping social distancing. But that that will be very nice because um, you know the outside, outdoors is great until it starts chucking it down, and then um, with all the wood of the world, um, you just want to say bye to your friend and go inside. So. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think I I think that's that's it, it's it's going to be a bonanza of excitement. Yeah, it's the Fourth of July, not just American Independence Day, but the bonanza of excitement that is the return of the pubs, especially in time for Jacob Reed's 18th from the 9th of August. So you know, yeah, send send I, the I presents have... in, send the presents in. You know, <laughs> no no presents required, but I am actually really excited that the public houses will be will be open in time. So um. So I can go and have some, some go, 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 juice. Go, go, go into spoons. That's mm, <laughs> Okay. Uh, other things that are allowed to reopen include museums, theme parks and libraries. But gyms, swimming pools and indoor play areas are still not reopening. Hotels are also reopening and people are now allowed to stay overnight when travelling elsewhere. Jacob, do you think that this will mean that the staycation will become more popular? Well, I just want to say how gutted I am about the indoor play area. 
you know that I love Aztec play as, no, as much as the next man, and um, you know it looks like we're going to have to wait a little a little longer. Um, but but yes, I think so. I mean, um, is it is it the end of the week or the, the start of next week? Uh, the government will be announcing um, changes to the quarantine period and po- possible travel corridors or air bridges, which mm. mean that. Um, by mutual agreement with other countries, uh, holidaymakers wouldn't have to quarantine either uh, when arriving on holiday or coming back, which would obviously be a large impediment for many people booking holidays. So I think it's not it's not out of the question that, that some people will be booking holidays abroad, but many people will think it's too risky, it's too up in the air, yeah. they want to do something before then. In which case, definitely, I think the staycation will be back. I know for one, my, my auntie and uncle... We're meant to be going to uh, Las Vegas for their 20th wedding anniversary, and that got cancelled. And in its place, they booked a week in Bournemouth. Oh wow! Um, so anecdotal, <laughs> anecdotal experience um, there. Yeah, especially when it comes to broad holidays, you've got to think about um, social distancing on planes and um, uh, transfers from places as well, because there may be a requirement that you have to hire your own car or something like that. Yeah, and I think there might be as well some worries that, you know, it, I, I know that the first time I was going in shops in town, you don't really know, are you allowed in, do you wait outside, are you allowed to touch anything, is there a one-way system, um, and obviously if you were going on holiday you would have to follow uh, the social distancing rules there, so maybe people would be anxious about being able being able to understand what they're like maybe people would worry that they would get to Paris and then actually not much would be open over. I, I think mm-hmm. Paris is a bad example because it actually is opening. Maybe people would be anxious about about being on a plane because you, you know you would not want to be on a plane with someone snivelling and coughing away who mm-hmm. couldn't smell how bad the uh, in-flight uh, in-flight meals were. <laughs> um, that's one of the symptoms. Um, um, personally, yes, you you. you Tuck into your horrendous-looking spag ball on a ten-hour flight to America. So I, you know, I have no idea if anyone would do this. And then, if a person next to you is uh, can't taste anything, you know, that would be disconcerting for sure. But I think I realise now I'm rambling a little bit. Yeah, getting yeah. beyond the point. Maybe, maybe the point. Maybe the Euro star will will see a a, a, a bump in um, in usage. Um. Yeah. Um. I was just going to say about. Um, something you said about um, going on about um, saying like flying places and there's uh, you know you got to think about airports uh, baggage handlers as well of course you know your baggage and, and especially um, if uh, when you're going abroad somewhere and you've uh, been in contact with someone with COVID and you haven't realised it and you end up get, coming down seriously ill and you're abroad and you it's not something that you particularly want to happen no, I mean, that's a worry at the best of times. You know, have you got your e-hit card? Have you got your insurance? But you would be you'd be very worried. And if the advice was, you're on the, your own, mate, good luck, you've got to self-isolate for 14 days, well, that could be very expensive. Many people wouldn't have the luxury of taking two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if insurance covers the coronavirus or if insurance that does cover it is much more expensive mm-hmm. so people will be weighing up these questions um, but no doubt many 
would be just ecstatic to go. And actually, some some popular destinations, for example, Greece, were relatively uh, very mildly hit by the coronavirus. So it could be that actually escape over restrictions in the UK mm-hmm. um, by going on holiday. Yeah, also uh, two households are allowed to gather indoors for the first time months, as you previously said. But people must keep at least one metre apart for the time being. But there's one thing that does confuse me, is that people may be allowed to meet inside. But if you want to go out to the cinema together, or go to a restaurant, or go and have a few pints at the pub, you're not allowed to use the same car, which is quite confusing, given that the fact that you're allowed to mix with so many people in the pubs, but then you can't um, go in a car with just one other person. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I also noted that contradiction. I'm really sad about it because I was planning on making you the designated driver for my birthday drinks. And, <laughs> 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 um, I think what, what, what Boris has said, and I think in fairness you can understand it, is that people will always be able to find inconsistencies within the rules. And I think it shows as well that introducing lockdown was actually a lot easier, just a blanket ban, you know, don't go, don't go anywhere. It was a lot simpler than the piecemeal ad hoc lifting of lockdown. But it wouldn't be a surprise if um, if at some point in the future they did say one other person is allowed in the car if they're sitting at the opposite end of the car wearing masks with the windows open. Um, maybe, maybe... Sales of convertibles will go through the roof, which feels like some sort of oh, God, no, convertibles do actually have roofs, or they do, but... Yeah. That is a dreadful point. Okay, uh, now it's time to talk about the other news. The Premier League returned last week to the pleasure of millions of football fans and myself after... My beloved Newcastle United grabbed a 3-0 win on Sunday against Sheffield United. It was a very good match indeed. Were you watching, Jacob? Uh, yes, I was. I watched every minute. And, <laughs> you know, that second goal was especially good. And what, what is what is very exciting is that Newcastle are on the cusp of that big deal being signed, that huge cash injection. So a 3-0 win, a huge cash injection to make them one of the richest clubs in Europe. It's all looking up. Thomas, it's all yeah, looking up. Things all, can only get better. It's all looking up. But uh, there's one big but. On uh, Monday night, it took a dark turn. During the uh, match between Manchester City and Burnley, which ended in a 5-0 win for Manchester City, a plane flew over the Etihad Stadium carrying the message All Lives... Uh, no, White Lives Matter, Burnley. This came just moments after the all players and staff took the knee in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Jacob, does moments like this undermine all the good work that's happened over the last few weeks and years? Um, I I don't think it... I wouldn't say it undermines it, but I think it shows how much further there is to go. And um, the, the problem is the statement, White Lives Matter, you know, it's it's true. But what are the connotations? Well, it's in response to Black Lives Matter. It's 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 rejecting the notion that at the minute white people, you know, have no, don't have mm-hmm. any problems because of the colour of the skin, and black people do, and that's where the focus has to be. It's that kind of nonchalant 
rejection like you know what what's what's your problem mm-hmm. you know i've also got a problem white, white lives do matter but it's 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 a very toxic thing to say and a very toxic thing to fly over um a football stadium and i think it was good to see how roundly yeah. it was condemned yeah and obviously i think the burnley captain came out and condemned the fans of the club straight after it really reassured really reassured the um, other fans, the large majority of the Burnley fans, that they do not accept this. And given that there's uh, people of ethnic minority on both sides and a significant amount of Premier League players, like you think uh, Marcus Rashford, who came out uh, last week about the free school meal, Raheem Sterling, they're stars of the England side and they're, uh, they are of uh, ethnic minority, which is, um, obviously they'll be frightened by something like that, but um, it's good that it was condemned straight away, and um, but one thing that does strike me that it can if started off from Blackpool Airport, why didn't they just say no? It's... Yeah, I, I I think I mean I think Blackpool Airport have now said that they're suspending these that sort of flight, but you it's staggering to think that they didn't have some sort of check in place to see what people were going to to be to be flying over because otherwise you could you could fly anything over and it just takes someone with a bit of money or and and a bit of racism and a plane and and all of a sudden you have this so i mean something good might come from it well there was a condemnation as you say and then um changing the protocols so that this sort of thing has to be checked um but but absolutely it shouldn't have happened in the first place it it, it shouldn't Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no words really, no words. Okay, on Saturday there was a dreadful incident in Reading. Three innocent men were stabbed to death in an act of terrorism. James Furlong, David Wales, and Joe Ritchie Bennett were their names. Three friends who were just meeting in the park and obeying social distancing rules. But one thing that does baffle me is that this man who committed, well, man if you can call him that, uh, committed this. Uh, horrendous act and he was known by the intelligence service before this happened known that he was um suspected to be uh, to do with something like this and um it still happened uh, so jacob do you think that some people are right not to trust the intelligence services after this because they're technically not been doing their jobs effectively if stuff like this happens um well it is it's always shocking when a terrorist attack like this happens increasingly these lone wolf attacks and um and it comes out in the news that the person was known to the intelligence uh, services now um i read i read an article about it which explained that that i think someone had 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 raised concerns over the terrorist um and they'd investigated them and decided to do no more with that so he wasn't even under surveillance, um, I'd be reluctant to say you know, the public trust should should go in the security service yeah. because what we don't know is how many similar cases yeah. they did stop and they, they did get maybe, right. Maybe maybe I should maybe you should change the phrase to maybe right to doubt in that. Yeah, sense. and 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 to ask questions about um, why did it happen and were there any warning signs that were ignored that would have then put him under surveillance that could have stopped it 
Um, but I, I think it also highlights that these lone wolf attacks um, require very, very little planning. And you, you take your knife that you um, have in the kitchen. Um, and so you very, you would imagine, sadly, very hard to stop yeah. them very, very tragic when... When they do happen. Obviously, you say it's a lone wolf attack because it's nobody like IS doesn't come out and claim responsibility or something like that. It's um, it's hard to under know what someone's going to do. You don't know what another person's going to do, do you? So in that way, it's hard for the intelligence services, the police, etc., to know that we're going to do. But I, I'm just kind of bringing the point that they maybe should have urged caution to people around this this certain uh, person and um, they should have let the police know when they should make sure that they had uh, tracking on him at all times yeah yeah so moving on from that now it's time to play guess who's talking This is Guess Who's Talking, the part of the show where myself and Jacob go up against each other in a battle of quotes. All that happens is that we have to match up the quotes that are given to us to the politicians that are given to us. And the last uh, couple of times I've done this, Jacob has won, so I'm thirsty for a bit of revenge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm worried that my streak is about to come to an end. I can see the glint in Thomas's (laughs) eye that, that tells me that... That, um, that, that he means business. <laughs> so, now it's time to guess who's talking. I'm answering first, so Jacob, take it away. Okay, so uh, our first quotation. If we can find the money to, pu- to kill people, we can find the money to help people. Uh, second, our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, such a contradictory statement. Okay, um, continue. <laughs> I feel the hand of history. I really do. That's not something fi- that you would say, Jacob. <laughs> Finally, there are some of us who will fight and fight and fight again to save the party we love. And the four politicians are Tony Blair, okay, uh, Tony Ben, a second Tony, <laughs> Hugh Gateskill, okay, and George Bush. George Bush, okay. The contradictory statement sounds such like a George Bush thing, so I'm going to go with that one for Bush. Um, the first one, what was the first one about killing? If we can find the money to kill people, we can find the money to help people. Mm. It could, it sounds like something that Blair might have said during the Iraq war, but then obviously he wouldn't have admitted up to that, so... Uh, What's the second one? Second one. Um, you got the second one. That was about um, oh, right, the our enemies are innovative and resourceful. The so third we one. The third one. What was that? That was the history. Hand of I history. feel a hand of history. I really do. 
I'm going to go with Tony Ben for that one. Tony Ben for number three. At number four. What's that one? Where some of us who will fight and fight and fight again to save a party we love. I'm going to say Tony Blair for that one, and then I'll go for the other guy for the first one. Okay. Are you ready for the results, Mr. Ridley? I've probably got zero, haven't I? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get zero, um, but I'm afraid to say it was one out of four. Oh, God. Oh. Was it the George Bush uh, one I got right? You got the George Bush oh, one right. Yeah. Um, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't help that I didn't know who one of the politicians was. <laughs> no, and he talks. Oh, uh, so Hugh Gateskill is that? Um, he was the he was the leader of the Labour Party after Clement Attlee. So well, that's going the, that's going back to when you were born, Jacob. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nineteen fifty one to nineteen sixty two or something like that. Um, he he was basically an early. Tony Blair, but um, he he was he was on the yeah, right. So he said to save the party, did he? Yep. So there was a really emotional conference, and he was trying to um, he was trying to stop the conference from voting for um, unilateral disarmament. So Britain getting rid of the nuclear weapons on their own, and he was also trying to abolish. Uh, clause four of the Const- Labour Party constitution about um, uh, public ownership, which of which he failed to do, but Tony Blair succeeded in doing. And anyway, he he lost a vote on this. Mm. Um, so he gave this great impassioned speech that went down in history. There are some of us who will fight and fight and fight again to save a party we love because he thought it was being taken over the by the quote loony left as, as, as some people call them um and then if we can find the money to kill people we can find the money to help people that was tony ben okay. um he I, I thought that was maybe relevant with what's happening in yemen and our role in uh-huh. selling arms um and my final one tony blair um <laughs> Um, I feel the hand of history, I really do. That's when he was announcing the uh, Good Friday Agreement oh, to bring an end to the troubles in Ireland. But the great the great irony, and perhaps the reason it's gone down his history, is in the same sentence he said, now is not a time for sound bites. But I feel the hand of history, I really do. And the irony clearly was not unnoted. So, Mr. Ridley, one out of four. Okay, Jacob Reed, here are your quotes. We can create a new kind of politics, kinder, more respectful, but courageous too. Number two, lots of people say politics is about individualism and egos. I happen to think government is best operated as a team. Number three, I know the British people and they are not passengers, they are drivers. And number four, I think you should always aim for more. Your politicians are Nicola Sturgeon, Matt Hancock, Jeremy Corbyn and David Cameron. Oh, um, um, okay, so... I'm thinking, I feel like I recognise the new kind of 
Um, my my brother's just snuck into my room for the listeners and offered me offered me a Pringle, um, which is a very kind offer, and certainly I look forward to taking him up on it. In after we finish recording, if there are Pringles left, no, he's just said there won't be any left. So um, you snooze, you lose. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Um, a new kind of politics, kind of respectful. I feel like I recognise that quote from um, David Cameron. Okay. Um, so, pencil Cameron in. Uh-huh. Um, individualism and egos. Now, I feel, again, that's something that, that, that Corbyn might say, but equally it would be ironic since so much, so much of his team, so much of the Shadow Cabinet hated him and resigned. Okay. Um, so, in which case, maybe it's Maybe it's Matt Hancock setting out his stall for the um, for the leadership. I don't know. What was the passengers one again? Uh, I know the British people, and they are not passengers; they are drivers. Now it seems to me that Nicola Sturgeon would say, "I know the Scottish people, and they're not passengers." Um, I feel like that's probably Matt Hancock. Okay. Um, so I will. I will put that in for Hancock's trying to, to rouse the nation. Okay. Um, always more, what was that one again? I, I think you should always aim for more. You see, that sounds, that sounds. if Corbyn was saying it, I, I, don't, I don't think he would because he wanted people, some people at the top to aim for less. So let's ah. say Sturgeon there and we'll put therefore Corbyn and the one about individualism and teams. Okay, and then a new kind of politics, David Cameron and the British yeah. people, Matt Hancock. Yeah. Take, take a breathe, take a breathe. It is a draw! One point! No! One point, Jacob. You've got Nicola Sturgeon right. I think you should always aim for more. But we can create a new kind of politics, kind of more respectful, but courageous too, is Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, okay. Lots of people say politics is about individualism and egos. I happen to think government is best operated as a team. It's Matt Hancock. Uh, oh, Matt Hancock, okay. I can understand why you say about the passengers one, because it sounds like something was said during the coronavirus outbreak, saying that the British yeah. are drivers, but it was indeed David Cameron. So, okay. it's a draw. One all. I think we're getting worse. I think we are getting worse. We're getting worse, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now it's time for the final round of the Battle of the Wits. This is the final round of the Battle of the Wits. Last time, Jacob lost his lead in Who Dares Loses. Not Who Dares Wins for copyright reasons. That meant the scores on the doors are Jacob 40. Thomas, 48. So it's still all to play for. This week, what, what, the, what the listeners can't see is that Thomas, right there, I can just see his wardrobe, and in big block letters, he's got 48-40. He's been looking at that for a whole week, you know, straight, straight feed. No, I really rubbing it in, because I can see it right there. Uh, no, 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 I have no, I have not. Okay, so this week we're playing Who Wants to Be a Winner, not Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, for copyright reasons. Each of us will face 15 questions, going up in level of difficulty as we go along. The amount of points available for the question is the number question that it corresponds to. It, for example, one point for question one, two points for question two, three points for question three, and so on. 
there is also free lifelines available to us. So two 50-50s like you get on the show. So you eliminate two of the answers. And uh, one question swap where you can swap decide to swap questions anytime. So, um, but if we get a question wrong, we lose all the points we've earned. But we can take the points that we've earned any time throughout the questions. So, now it's time to play. Who wants to be a winner? Not who wants to be a millionaire, for copyright reasons. So, uh, Jacob's answering first, so here goes. Question one for one point. In children's stories, how many wishes are granted by a genie or a fairy? Is it A, one, B, two, C, three, or D, four? Um, I really think, I think it's free. It, it is free, isn't it? Is that your final answer, Jacob? Is that uh, yes. Your final answer? Correct, plus one point. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Question two. If you're saying how different something is to another thing, it's a different kettle of what? A. Dog. B. Fish. C. Bear. D. Lion. Well, a different kettle of dog has a certain ring to it, but it is a different kettle of fish. Uh, correct. Two more points. This is for three points. Question three. Which of these phrases refers to a brief success? Is it A. Blazing the pot? B. Sparking the tub? C. Flaring the jug? Or D. Flashing the pan? It's a flash in the pan. Correct. Three more points to Jacob. Question four. Complete the title of the James Bond film. The man with the golden what? A. Tooth. B. Gun. C. Eagle. D. Watch. Ah. Oh. oh, goodness. Um. So my, my uncle is a mega Bond fan and he's been trying to get me to watch them. So we watched quite a few together before lockdown. But I was thinking... Golden Eye or Golden Finger. Can you say the options again, So, please? complete the title of the James Bond film. The Man with the Golden What? A. Tooth. B. Gun. C. Eagle. D. Watch. Oh. Um. I. Gun. The go Golden Gun has a sort of ring to it, doesn't it? But this is just an absolute shot in the dark, and I'm worried about... I'm worried about losing all of my marks. Um... And I'm conscious that if I kind of, if I stop while I'm you ahead could, of myself, then, could, then maybe that's the best strategy. You could use a, a lifeline. I could use a lifeline. Let's go for a 50-50, please. A 50-50, that's right. So your options are B, gun, or C, eagle. Uh, let's say you going for gun? Yep. That's correct, Jacob. Oh. Four points. <laughs> so you're out of 50-50. Oh, could come to bite you. Bite you on the bum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question five. Five points. In which sport do two teams pull at the opposite ends of a rope? Is it A, tug of war? B, basketball? <laughs> C, ice hockey? D. Polo. <laughs> um, as far as I'm aware, it's tug of war. That's correct, Jacob. Plus five points. 
Right, question six. Where does a cowboy wear chaps? Is it A, on his head? B, on his arms? C, on his legs? Or D, on his hands? Okay, now I have no idea what a chap is. So I'm trying to trying to picture a cowboy. You have those kind of leather tassel things on your on your arm. They they have them on their arms. I don't know if that's a chap or maybe on their legs they could have something. Um, but I'm I'm getting very conscious now, uh, and I, about the about the number of marks I've already got. You so can, you've I'm still got going, two lifelines left. I've one. got two lifelines left. If it's 50-50, it would be a guess, though, which is still a risk. Um, would you like your question show up? Let's go for 50-50. Okay, another 50-50. So, your two answers left are, where does the cowboy wear chaps? Is it A, on his head, or C, on his legs? I'll go for his legs. That is correct, Jacob Reed. Plus six points. Right. Here comes question seven. Which of these is a game played by Harry Potter and his friends? Is it A. Qwerty, B. Quibble, C. Quidditch, or D. Quantum? Um, <laughs> it's not Qwerty because that's the keyboard. Um, it is um, Quidditch, and I know that have, not having read Harry Potter, but having watched the film The Internship about two old and technological guys who, who get an internship at Google, which is a great film, one of my favourite films of all time, and it has saved my bacon here, I think. Okay, you going with Quidditch? Yep. That is correct, for seven points. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing if I said that, and it, and it wasn't. <laughs> okay, Christian, eight for eight points. Which city hosted the 2018 FIFA World Cup final? Is it A. Sochi, B. St. Petersburg, C. Nizhny Novgorod, or D. Moscow? Um. Okay, so it was it was in Russia, but all of those faces are in Russia, so that doesn't help all that much. <laughs> um, I'm feeling like it's Moscow or St. Petersburg. And I think it was in the capital. Let's. Uh, oh, this is. If if this is wrong, then you might you might you might go into your round having already won. But let's let's just take a leap of faith and say Moscow. That is correct, Jacob. Reading enough for eight points. Okay. Right. Question nine for nine points. We're getting to the big points now, and you still have that question swap left. So, which Shakespeare play? Features the line, neither a borrower nor a lender be. Is it A. Hamlet, B. Merchant of Venice, C. Othello, or D. Macbeth? Um, I've got no idea apart from that it's not in. Much to do about nothing. I've not got any more 50 50, so I'm going to ask for a simple. Question swap, if that is okay. Okay, your question swap is... This is for nine points. Same same worth as the other one. Which actor played Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise? Is it A, Johnny Depp? B, Orlando Bloom? 
C. Jeffrey Rush or D. Ian McShane? Um, who who was he playing? Sorry, Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. It's A. Johnny it, Depp. B. It's I Johnny Depp. Mind. It's Johnny Depp. I know that one. Okay, correct, Jacob Reed. Plus nine points, but you're out of your lifeline, so you might want to feel people about quitting and running now. You know. Hey, do you do, do you hear this coercion that's going on? <laughs> okay. Um. Right. Question ten for ten points. Which of these have to pass a test on the knowledge to get a license? Is it London A cab drivers? Is it A London taxi cab. drivers? B bus drivers? C police officers? D ambulance drivers? Taxi drivers. That is correct, Jacob Reed. Plus ten points. Right. Okay. We're getting into the, t- the difficult questions now. Question 11. What year did Vincent van Gogh die? Is it A, 1887? B, 1890? C, 1892? Or D, 1895? Um, I quite simply haven't a clue. I think it's been so a good are, run. Are you going to take the so points? I respectfully take the points. Okay, Jacob Reed. I have to add up how many points you get first. So, you got... Can you hear the tension? You got 55 points, Jacob Reed. Wow. Oh, wow, okay, okay. Right, okay. It's now it's time for me to play. Who wants to be a winner? <laughs> Not who wants to be a millionaire for copyright reasons. So... Okay, um, so I'm just I'm just thinking. So, so if if you get, I think you need to match me. So did I get up to question nine? You got up to question ten. I got up to question ten. So I did question nine. So um, you need. Okay, okay. So if you get eight or fewer, then I think I win overall. Okay. Um, if you get nine or more. And victory is yours. So let's see how it goes. Uh, question number one. What is the capital of Scotland? Is it A, Edinburgh, B, Glasgow, C, Aberdeen, or D, Gretna? <laughs> Gretna. <laughs> it's uh, A, Edinburgh. Final answer. Um, Mr. Rudy. That's incorrect. It's Gretna. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, come on. Yeah, it's Edinburgh. So that's, that's one point. Um, question number two. How do you say, how are you in French? Is it A, how are you? <laughs> B, ça va? C, salut? Or D, à bientôt? It is B, ça va. Fine answer. Mr. Rudy, that is correct. Uh, you know, certainly the answer to some English people uh, of how how do you say how are you in French would be just to put on a French accent, but, um, uh, but, uh, but you got it. Uh, you. Yeah. Um, question number three. What is the cube root of 27? Is it A, 2, B, 3, C, 9, or D, 13.5? 13. <laughs> 13. Um, cube root of 27 is 3, final answer. Um, yes. Mr. Rudy, well, that that's was... question three as well. No. Question three, the answer was free. <laughs> you get three more points. Mm-hmm. Um, question number 
four. Who is the current community secretary? Is it A, Robert Jenrick, B, James Brokenshire, C, Sajid Javid, or D, Theresa May? Well, the last two out in the cabinet. James Brokenshire was in Theresa May's cabinet, so I'm going to go A, Robert Jenrick. That's really, that's right. For four points, James Brokenshire was um, Robert Jenrick's predecessor. Uh, question number five. Another politics one. <laughs> Um, who was the mayor of London before Boris? Uh, was it A. Sadiq Khan? No. B. John Major? No. Um, who uh, is actually a bit of fun political trivia for you. It was actually called John Major Ball. Um, <laughs> C. Uh, Ken Livingston or D. Zach Goldsmith? Well, Zach Goldsmith did run, I think, but um, it is B. Oh, is it? No, it is Ken Livingston. I don't know which option it was, but it's Ken Livingston. Yeah, Ken Livingston C, and I'm starting to fear that these questions are not tricky enough. Um, (laughs) You march on to number six, having used none of your lifelines. What is pi to four decimal places? Is it A, 3.1426, B, 3.1416, C, 3.1498, or D, 3.1455? Um, I'm going to get a 50-50 in that one, just to be sure. Okay, it's uh, taking it to 50-50 using the first of your three lifelines. Um, that is 3.1426 or 3.1416? It's 3.1426, final answer. It's 3.1416. Is it? It is. No! I'm sorry. No, Jacob! Oh. Sorry, what's, what is it? Sch- Schadenfreude? Oh. Is, is that perhaps a word I'm looking for? Mr Ridley, you've lost all your points. Oh, my word. I thought it was between 2.6 and 5.5. Five. Well, it's 3.1415. Well, somehow, Jacob is the winner five, overall. Five. Oh, my God. Oh, word. does that mean you're out? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You've won. I think we're both speechless. <laughs> I think you're out. Ah. I'll try not to take offence. <laughs> try not to take offence. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Let's just say, everyone, that we, this wasn't expected. As you saw from last week's um, <laughs> debacle for Jacob, we were quite surprised. <laughs> um, okay, right. Um, now it's time for a review. I just, want, I just want to say, this is what happens when the script goes wrong, when things don't go to plan. No, it, it is, okay. Okay, so now it's time for a review of this week's show. It's been a great show, hasn't it, Jacob, featuring your surprise victory? Oh, yeah, that's, that, that has made it a great show. <laughs> I'm still a little bit in, in shock, but um, but I'll, I'll take it. I will complain. You'll take it. So join us next week for, I know, Gasp here, the final lockdown episode. I'm sure you're all very sad and very disappointed that you uh, won't be hearing myself or Jacob's voices for the next 
um, few weeks um, as um, as it may be. Um, so uh, we'll be we'll have some old favourites to finish off the lockdown special, such as Caller on the Line and a political singaphone dedicated to the last few months. So uh, thank you very much to Jacob Reed for his excellent political analysis. Thank you for having me, Thomas. And thank you very much to you guys for listening. Join us next week where we won't be keeping it cool. But, but we, we will, will be, be keeping, keeping it current. current. Goodbye. <laughs>